Hey, everybody. This is another interview that I did first in our live streaming thing over there in the Tanzu TV land, which you can check out if you want to, if you go to twitch.tv slash VMware Tanzu. Now, I do a uh, broadcast just about every weekday at 11 a.m. Amsterdam time if you want to see it live, or if that's not a good time for you, there's the full archives of them uh, up on YouTube, which I list at kote.io slash Tanzu Talk. Uh, so enjoy this one, and if you want to, uh, I don't know, get sort of fresher things and see some mostly monologues from me, but every now and then I have guests in, uh, just go over to kote.io slash Talk, and you can find the playlist over on YouTube to look at, or you can figure out how to watch it live, if that's more your thing. And with that, enjoy this interview. Well, this week, well, not this week, it's today. Since I do, I, can you believe this? I try to do these things daily because I want to make my life hard. Do you think that you think I'm going to be able to sustain you really that? Do these daily? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, not, I've no, been no. doing it now. This is one of those things I've been doing it daily for. I think this is the fifth day. So now I don't, I don't do it on the weekend because we live, right. we work in a sophisticated uh, organization that would not tolerate such nonsense. So I got yeah. that going on, but. I forgot what I started was talking about, but here we are. But do you publish daily, or do you have like a little oh a little man buffer so that when you go on holiday, it... there, there, uh, I I am creating a buffer. Uh, okay. bo- both both in my midsection and in my media asset area. So excellent, I, I, excellent. I you know we do have I live here in Amsterdam, and we've got like uh, there's a week off in October at some point, and so mm-hmm. I was thinking like even though we can't really go anywhere or do very much, I should take that time off. So I do need to buffer something up. Uh, I'm going to do some. Uh, some buffering for sure the, yeah the internal hobbies have been a godsend i think this that's right this time around. Yeah. yeah yeah anyhow why don't you introduce yourself <laughs> hey so i'm uh, george castro i work at vmware as a kubernetes community manager mm-hmm. um, so i'm part of the tanzu organization yeah and you are reminding me that we met a long time ago back in austin somewhere we weren't quite sure where but we knew yeah. that we knew that you know who what he is what was that woody allen movie where there's like Zelensky or zelig I think I think the Zelig of our world is uh, Barton George. You just yeah, look. You... I, all I remember is we were hanging out, uh-huh. and I think I'd heard of you before, like from your blogs and Twitters from like a long past. And then Barton just introduced you as Cote. He was like, "Do you know Cote?" And I was like, "Doesn't he have a first name?" And I, for some reason, I've always remembered that. Yes. And I, yeah. That that is my uh, strange affectation. Over over here in Europe, it freaks people out, or it doesn't freak them out. Europeans don't get freaked out about anything. It it, uh, it raises they raise their eyebrows a little bit. They're, mm, they're, they're yeah. curious. And then I, I believe we were trying to convince them to give us laptops, and I don't think that worked. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm confident that didn't yeah. work at all. <laughs> it's 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 always hard to to get some of those out of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're fine laptops. The XPS thirteen developer edition. I think I think there's there's two or three other profiles now. I think oh, that yeah. was. Yeah, that's kind of. Uh, I should have him on here at some point to talk about that because that's a. That they is a, just got refreshed too. I literally started looking internally. I was like, "How do I get one of these?" Yeah, yeah. Because um, I'm due for that laptop refresh soon. So. Yeah, that would. Well, anyways, so yeah. so is this an accurate way of putting it that in the the VMware Tanzu, formerly Heptio world, you're mm-hmm. you you do community stuff. Yeah. For in the in the Kubernetes community world. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, do you want me to explain like how that works, the position and yeah, 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 yeah. So well, usually, yeah, um, go ahead. You know, VMware, we we obviously build our products on top of Kubernetes and things like that. And similar to other companies that um, build products on Kubernetes, the health 
and maintenance of the community itself is important. So um, VMware has this position that's specifically to work on upstream stuff. Uh, so I'm a co-chair of SIG Contributor Experience. Uh, so Kubernetes is organized into these things called SIGs, which are mm. working group style things where it's like a bunch of people and they work on a certain part of Kubernetes. So um, I have counterparts at Red Hat, Google, et cetera, things like that. Uh, and so there's a diverse group of people who work in Kubernetes. Um, some don't work full-time on it at all. Some do. Um, and then some work at maybe smaller companies and do it on you know a shorter amount of time, or some people just do it for fun uh, on the weekend kind of things um, or on the spare time. So uh, and- but for us, because Kubernetes is so crucial for us, we yeah. have... Um, we usually like invest in ensuring that uh, things are looking good upstream. So I, I I wear my upstream hat probably eighty percent of the time. I would say. Oh, upstream hat! Do you have that lying around somewhere? That's, that's I do pro- actually, but I gave it to someone <laughs> at KubeCon. Paris made these ridiculous sailor hat because everything has to have a sailor nautical theme. So someone actually made yes. those silly navy looking hats with the symbols on them. Yeah, I yeah. Not, I did not like. Them. Yeah, I was keen to give that one away. You got the, you got you got the sartorial uh, like diversity of Nantucket there. All sorts of crazy yeah. stuff going on. Just yeah, it's it's either nautical or Greek, and then they just mix it up, and then mm. everything has to be named. Mm. It's like the it's like the meme. So so all right. So you already laid out a whole lot of lot of uh, things there, Words. and this is this is exactly what I wanted to why I wanted to talk with you is yes. is I'll I'll fully admit. I don't actually really know much about the the Kubernetes community insofar as like um, even the words to you, but just like how it works and what the parts are and yeah. like, you know, yeah. ne- ne- never mind the sentiment. That could be a whole other second episode. We can be like, boy, check out those people. How about these ones yeah. and how, how they all fit together and enjoy each other. Uh, right. But more of just sort of like, if 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 you look at any community as not only this but one way of looking at community is it's just like a system or a machine or a um it's a tool <laughs> right like like a living organism of a tool uh yeah. so i was curious just to like from my own edification to kind of go over how it all works how it's laid out sure but then but then also the thing i'm curious about is from the perspective of like a let's say an application developer, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, like how you would kind of help them navigate through it, through, through what they're supposed to do. And, and just to end my, you know, as I'm fond of saying, I like to ask questions that end in periods. So let me finish right. my sentence here is like, I think in thinking about what we'd talk about in the framing, I was thinking like, you know, at least in my experience for any given community, there's kind of, let's say three to four parties involved and you could even think of them as types of developers um, or let's just say developers. There's parties that aren't developers, but basically there are, there's the community of the developers who work on the stuff, right? They're the mm-hmm. ones who actually write the the code. Right. And then you have, you've got this other set of developers that are interested in the community. And usually they come from the people, if the community is like this, that commercialize it, right? That mm-hmm. that take th- that use the open source and do whatever, what, however it might be commercialized, uh, and that could include like whether it's vendors like ourselves or system integrators or whatever. But they're people who are interested in this chunk of code because it's part of their business to sell it. And then right. the third one that you have, and I guess I would put service, you know, cloud people in that second bucket. I don't know, but uh, yeah. then then the third bucket is basically like what I'm calling application developers. 
and I'm going to come up with a fourth one now I'm remembering. But the application developer is like, you know, I write if you want to transfer money between two people, I write that application and all the stuff right. that you would need for that. And now now that I'm I'm talking to myself here, there's a fourth category I think in Kubernetes which is they're not application developers, but they're like platform developers. I don't know I don't know what the Kubernetes world calls that. But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my theory of like yeah. things that move around. And now you are here and you can yes. like, so you can tell me how it actually works. Let's go over all four of them, but I want to do application developers last. Sounds good. So f- first I would, I would categorize as Kubernetes core developers, right? Yeah. These are people who are working in the project. Um, you know, they have, they're in owners files, which, uh, so in the source tree of Kubernetes, there's a little file called owners in every directory. Mm. And in there's a list of GitHub handles, right? And who's, if your name is in there, you're responsible for that code and, you know, some Makes of the sense. requests that you review. So we have, a, on any given time, we have about a thousand, and I'm kind of squiggly, a thousand uh, core developers um, that have contributed um, significant contributions to the code base. Yeah. Out of those, probably around 750-ish have been uh, active in the past uh, cycle or so. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I know this is we're in the middle of having an election and we had to figure out you know, who's been active. So that's that's kind of the, the the figures there. So about, you know, I like to say about a thousand core developers and then it depends, right? Sometimes uh, somebody might be working on something and they are in one of these other groups that you mentioned. So yeah. they might cycle out to do product or something for a while at wherever they work and then come back and do more upstream stuff. Um, so, you know, depending on the organizations, that's just kind of how that goes. Um, so that, you know, you, you look at it cause every time you go to a conference, you know, everyone's talking about these numbers and how great they are. However, I think what makes Kubernetes really cool is the second group, which is more of like outside the core developers. So we've had about, I think the number is up to like 42,000, right. what we call drive-by contributors. And these are people who just wanted to fix something. Uh, you know, they did a pull request, but, you know, maybe they don't work on it for full time or they're trying to like deploy it at work and they find a bug, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of thing. Um, I've been doing Kubernetes for almost three years now. And the entire time I've been here, there's always been a thousand open pull requests to give you an idea of like the velocity of the amount yeah. of pull requests that are coming in. Um, and our velocity has been increasing as far as, you know, trying to integrate as many of those as possible and get those reviewed. Um, you know, obviously we're not going to catch everyone and I can give you tons of examples of where, you know, we kind of messed that up, but, uh, you know, generally just to give you the size of the scope of this thing, it's just every time I think we finally, it's like, okay, well maybe this cycle, you know, will level out. And then every, every single time I look, the numbers just keep continuing. Um, so that's one of the things that's, I don't want to say keeps me up at night, but one of the things that we try to focus on is things like sustainability and, you know, how do we get maybe senior developers that started off in the project writing lots of code? Uh, you know, how do you get people into kind of a ladder so they're mentoring new contributors and right. things like that so we can keep all of that going? Um, I guess you're right, because that is that is one of those, right. uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, business BSE kind of phrases is uh, a good problem to have. <laughs> right. And yeah. And, and, and yeah. so what you just described, I think, is a good problem to have <laughs> that you have a yeah. lot of. A lot of people who want to contribute, and then you have to like uh, 
deal with that. <laughs> yeah. And it's complex. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. It, like Kubernetes is, you know, you've heard it described as like the operating system for like the data center or the cloud, whatever. Sure. Whatever you believe. But either way, there's tons of components, right? We have something like 43 SIGs or it's, it's above 30 or, for, you know, around depending on what's cycled up or down. And then there's working groups that we spin up and down. But there are lots of components to Kubernetes. So it's not just, hey, I want to do a thing on Kubernetes. It's like, are you into storage, networking? Are you into what happens on the node itself? Mm, right. uh, you know, are you into etcd? Like there's all these kind of distributed components. Um, and on top of that, you got the meta parts of the project that you need. So the SIG I participate contributor experience, you know, our whole job is when someone does a pull request, are they getting, you know, is that pull request getting in the right eyeballs, you know, in a certain, in a reasonable amount of time? Yeah, right? so yeah. You've got to request. you've got to route it to the right group that's responsible right, for that right. part. So yeah, we yeah. depend a lot on automation, right? Yeah. And as a result of that, that can lead to some friction, right? So if you wanted to do a pull request today, a bot, literally a bot is the first thing that talks to you, which is kind of kind of awesome. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like I, you come from a background, right? Where smaller open source projects, you like the personal touch and, you know, yeah, hey, yeah. it's nice to meet you. Thanks. You know, but like at this scale, there's just no, there's just no reasonable way to do this without automation. So, you know, we have a bot checks to see if you sign the CLA, you that know, it, it'll, it'll say, Hey, you haven't assigned a SIG to this. Here are the commands you can assign. Or if, if you don't know what to do and it sits there after a while, you know, the bot will, will try to put it on the radar of whatever SIG we think it might, you know, own yeah, to, yeah, depending yeah. on where you did a pull request. And then it kind of goes through this like long, you know, process. And if you're new, that could be very intimidating, right? Because it's like, I did a pull request and a bot's already, you know. Yeah, that's it. That's, it's, it's interesting. So it could be overwhelming. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I always, uh, nowadays, I always get kind of excited when there's an actual bot for customer service. Because like the alternative is like talking to someone. And uh, yeah. it's it's made me realize that like, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess, not talking to a human has a bad reputation because of like yeah. IVRs and stuff. But like, it has a bad reputation when it doesn't work well. And so, like, if For it sure. works, it's anyways. That's yeah. a unrelated uh, yeah. parenthetical yeah. there. But okay, okay. So, so we have so, bots. We have labels. You know, and and we do like I when I mentioned the scale, there is a lot of, you know, like we can't just consume normal GitHub. Yeah. So there's like you know, part of the things we do in our SIG and we have representatives that actually talk to GitHub directly, right? We're working with them when it comes to like, hey, you know, you have a senior developer, uh, you know, who's getting pinged, you know, and the notifications workflow that they first started to land, like, you know, that might work for, you know, 90% of, of developers on GitHub, right? But, you know, at our scale, you know, how do you manage all these? How do you route all that through, right? Yeah. yeah. So th that's like an awesome thing that we do where there's like a constant feedback loop where, you know, GitHubers will come to KubeCon and, the you know, and we'll meet with them regularly. And we're kind of always, hey, you know, we want to automate doing this. How should we do it? You know, just the kind of day-to-day -day things to make that process easier. And that helps yeah. us kind of manage the the drive-by contributor do you use that uh what's what's that that actions thing they have in github i forget what they call it but you can like chain oh. together a bunch of things y'all use that oh we yeah we yeah actions is that what they're yeah. called without yeah without, we use actions for lots of stuff i mean we we have a bot we have a bot called prow um that i think actually other projects have started to use as well but that's the thing that uh you know and it's all open source it's all in our infra 
you know, everything we make is open source. Yeah, you got to watch out because then you're going to have a bunch of people who are building a platform for building a platform that are building a platform for building platforms. Yeah. That just on the kind of like you're going to be four or five levels deep once once you start getting there. When I first started, there was an awesome bug in the bot where it was actually talking to itself. And I for, <laughs> I should have bookmarked it because it's a bot talking to itself. Uh-huh. And I remember Chris Nova responding, being like, what's happening here? And it was just like this, it was like this perfect storm of like when automation you know, <laughs> goes wild. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Um, so you've you mentioned a couple yeah. times you have these SIGs. I assume that's the old, yes. you haven't come up with a new meaning for that. It's a special interest group. Special interest group. And, and so, so what is a SIG in the, uh, the Kubernetes world? So a SIG is a working unit. Um, it's kind of our basic working unit where things get done. So SIGs own code and responsible for certain parts of the Kubernetes code base. Um, so let's say you were a networking person and you were like, Hey, I want to get into Kubernetes. And I would say, Hey, what are you into? And you say networking. I I would tell you, you probably want to go to SIG network. And each SIG has uh, a public meeting, a YouTube playlist, um, meeting notes. Uh, they have co-chairs, they have tech leads, they have members. Uh Uh, they generate their own caps, which are Kubernetes enhancement proposals. So if you want to write a new feature, you work on a cap. Those get checked into an enhancements repo. People discuss it. You know, everything happens in GitHub. Um, you know, and then people implement it. If there, if you file a bug on a networking component, you know, that ends up on SIG Network's radar. So we have those SIGs kind of control uh, the different areas of the code base. And and, and then SIG. and do SIGs oh, yeah. have like sub SIGs, or is it just like there's they more do. or less a one to one mapping of like yeah they have they have sub projects yeah yeah um, that own certain parts that you want to split up right right so, like I mean I imagine networking is quite large and as far as like things yes. that it would do so you would have many yeah. sub SIGs there yeah right and then like SIG cluster lifecycle which is responsible for the installation upgrades and stuff they have tons of sub projects as well so if you've used the tool kind. You know, there's a sub project for kind. There's one just for cube admin. There's one for cops. I think I think cops is a sub project. I'm I might need to look that up. But tools that you use, you know, to use Kubernetes, lots of those belong to SIGs, and they may or may not uh, be a sub project uh, right. within a certain SIG, depending on how they're organized. Okay. Um, so so yeah. in other in other open source communities, I mean, you have the similar construct, right? Like like it the depending on the type of open source community, like the project might be small enough that it is its own thing, right? Like it's like, right. it's just like, I don't know, whatever. And, uh, right. but then you might have much, much larger, uh, like I imagine, I don't know how, like, for example, well, in the Eclipse world, I mean, Eclipse is a lot of different things. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so there's many different subgroups and subgroups of subgroups, but okay. So that, so the unit of, the people who work on a, a concern or a component of Kubernetes is a SIG, which can be further divided into sub ones. And then they're yeah. also the ones who basically that is the, the entity that can make suggestions. What would you call them? Creps like suggestions of Keps. new thing, keps of things to do. They're yep. not, they're not very thin pancakes. You got to be careful over here in Europe. Sometimes when they tell yes. you there's a pancake, you get a crep and they're just like that. I don't it's you don't just, like them? Oh, that's like the I, no, no, no. I mean, they're good, but I mean, imagine, imagine <laughs> if, imagine if you're like, I would like a big stack of American pancakes, and then, and then you get like, like some delicious sugary doilies instead, right? Like, yeah. I mean, maybe it would be yeah. delightful. It's just the expectations don't match up. Is is right. the, the issue? So, right. uh, okay, 
Okay, so now, that a point I do want to make before yeah. you go on, however, is in the early days, a lot of things were in core, right? In GitHub.com slash Kubernetes slash Kubernetes. We've been making, remember that whole thing I talked about sustainability? Yeah. We've been making efforts to, if something isn't core or important, kind of move it out of the core repository and break it down into other repositories that may or may not be in core. So something like cloud providers, you know, used to live in core and it's taken us years to like remove those to allow cloud providers to work on things at their own pace without having like the kind of things, you know, having to deal with getting reviews in core and all that kind of stuff. So there's been an effort Mm. to actually, you know, if this isn't a core thing, does it really need to live in the core repository? And a lot of people have been working to remove that to kind of help, you know, like I said, with the sustainability, if we're removing things that aren't important to core, core can remain tightly scoped. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Right. So you've you've got to yeah. continually make sure that you uh, you're not creating a giant sig, I guess, yeah. <laughs> which exactly. which is is uh, unmanageable. Okay, okay. So then, so then then typically, I mean, like you said, if, if there's code to be owned, there's code. But I imagine there's other sigs that aren't necessarily directly code related, right? Exactly. Right. So this is one of the cool things for those of you who aren't coders in the audience is Kubernetes needs every skill set that you can possibly have, not just coders. So we have a few SIGs. First of all, we have a steering committee, which kind of, you know, sets the the tone for the project. The steering committee doesn't lead the technical direction of the project. Um, That is powered down to the SIGs themselves. Right. Right. So there's no, like, there's no meeting where everyone sits down and says, you know, we're all going to do like, you know, the SIGs kind of, kind of lead the way there. Um, And usually steering is there for like governance reasons. Sure. And to, you know, to help kind of delegate responsibility. Um, and then you have SIG release, which is a kind of a meta SIG that kind of coordinates with all the SIGs on what it takes to release all at once, right? So they, you know, they select a release lead. There's a release team, uh, and it is very new user friendly as well. You can absolutely not know a lot about uh, Kubernetes or the project and get involved in SIG release. They mm. have a nice shadow program. They have um, like little cookbooks it's like hey i volunteered to be the person that's going to write the blog post you know i hear your instructions and right, all right. The past work and here's all the people that are going to help you and you know that that kind of stuff sick contributor experience we tend to also do a lot of uh, the meta work so everything by running the youtube channel moderating the forums uh the lists helping run the elections um let's see what else did i do uh the github management is an entire sub project of sick contributor sure. experience um we run events normally. So if you go to a KubeCon and you're a contributor, we have a contributor summit with new content for people who are like, hey, this is my first time contributing to, hey, I've been around here for years, running workshops, uh, that kind of things. Uh, we run mentorship programs. And you know, all of this, organizing all that, uh, always needs different types of skills. So lately, we've been getting a lot of people that are interested in program management, right? That know yeah, how to yeah. organize you know so hey, so we, so yeah you know. no so talk about that more in the sense of well in the sense of because of like it's easy to conceptualize here's like a here's like a pr right i wrote some code and then right. and then and then i talked to your delightful bot and i it which was just a great experience and yeah. uh, and now it routes that around but like if i want to like like how how do i contribute if i want to like work on the docs or you know like like you can't like submit yep. yourself as a pull request <laughs> yeah so sig docs is actually the first sig that i got involved with yeah uh, when, I, when i started i needed to fix something for work and i was like okay i'm gonna 
I'm going to do that. So that is an entire state that you could just show up and uh, docs is always an area where people could contribute. We always need technical writers and we always need like copywriters mm. um, and things like the Kubernetes blog also fall under docs. So that's also a great place. You know, I try to tell people, Hey, you saw something cool at work, write it up for the blog. It's just right, a right. pull request. Yeah. Um, like it's you know sometimes people aren't aware hey it's an open source project i can submit a, a blog post yeah absolutely you know put it in, put it up there so docs is an excellent place to contribute because it's always an area the project moves fast right we you know we release four times a year that's like twice as fast as like your normal linux distros so and the docs are versioned uh right so there's always something new and uh that can that you can work on so right. docs is is one of the areas that you know i tell people even if you don't want to contribute to docs, just going to the meetings and like helping take notes or listening or seeing, you know, okay, here are the, here are the enhancement proposals that the SIG is talking about, you know, can help spin you up on, on what's going on there. Um, But yeah, docs, docs is definitely a place where we could, we could use help. It's relatively low uh, barrier to entry. It's just Markdown and Hugo. Uh, you know, you just so, so the avenue there. I mean, there's always the avenue of like if you just send in a, a a PR for something, right? That'll notify things. But then there's also right. I imagine you could also like talk to someone. Like, is there is yes. there that like that you know and be yeah. be like I have a non technical thing I want to do. Like, how do I? Yeah. What, so what? You, I I tell people just show up to a meeting. Um, mm, there you go. You know, all of our SIGs we have we have a little section that says, "Hey, is there anybody new here? Anyone's first timer?" Um, you know, and then. It's not uncommon to see, hey, everybody, you know, I'm George. I have these skills. I want to do this. Um, and it's like, well, what do you want to work on? And like, yeah, I submitted my first PR and I'm kind of lost, you know. And then, you know, in, in our meeting, in our SIG, we usually, okay, uh, do we have a volunteer to help this person out, close out this loop? And then mm. they kind of start that way. I, I also recommend people to like find a buddy, find a mentor. Uh, and that's something we try to do is pair people up where it's like, okay, you're both new here. Um, you know, we, uh, we try to curate certain issues or, you know, in GitHub that say good first issue. This is something that All we right. can always do a better job at. That's like, Hey, I'm new here. What do we need to do? And we like in our SIG, we always have a list of, there's always a list of stuff that um, needs to get done, but might not be, might not look important to new people or outsiders coming in, but that need to get done. So what I like sure. to do is, I like to save things that look minor, but um, are good for new people, right? So if I meet a technical person, they say, I'm like, what are you good at? And they're like, I know Git, I know Markdown. I've done pull requests before. Okay, here's an easy one because we also do things the Kubernetes way with this bot and all that stuff. So here, you know, change the dates on this document to be more up to date, you know, for the next milestones or what, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever yeah. No, that, that's Relatively interesting. easy, but it gives you a chance to <coughs> kind of, okay, I've submitted my pull request. Uh, there's a reviewer. Someone does a LGTM, which means someone says, look good to me. And then a second person who is the approver kind of gives it the final thumbs up. So you get two reviews on everything and then, you know, okay, cool. You got your first pull request is congratulate, you know, and then we all, we all give them a thumbs up and slack. And then, you know, then they're ready to move on to next, something more complicated than that. In certain cases, there are people who are just, they just dive in, <laughs> you know, or, or they, they, they might know someone or they're a senior person in a networking stack on some other component, you know, in some other open source project. And then they slot in, like, it's not uncommon to see lots of open stackers, mm, um, yeah. you know, 
in Kubernetes that just kind of like ramped up very quickly because they know the problem space. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a similar gargantuan community with uh, similar right, management. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. That's, I mean, that, that that's the idea. I'll have to see if I remember to think about later is the idea of uh, saving tasks to onboard people with. <laughs> right? right like that that would make it's it's an interesting form of like delegation of, of like yeah. but it's 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 not only like delegation to like let you focus on spending your time more valuably but also like make sure that as you're saying you can like uh train other people or you know get right. other people in re- okay all right so yeah. let's see if i can get us back back up here so we have uh you're organized in, into uh into sigs of the various components and these right. are the people like working on the actual Kubernetes code and, you know, and, and docs and, and other sort of yep. the, the thing of Kubernetes. They are, right. they are the, the builders of it. So then, yes. so then uh, where do we expand to after that? What, what, uh, okay. what else is going on? So I want to do app developers last. Of course. Uh, so the, the next step is people who are building products on, on, on top, right? You have like, yeah. your core developers and then your outside kind of drive-by developers. Um, there's a lot that the Venn diagram is like really meshed in when it comes to the second group. So these are people like, uh, you know, you might be a Googler who works on Kubernetes, but your day job is Anthos, right? Uh, you yeah, know, I work on yeah. Kubernetes, but my, you know, part of my day job is Tanzu and so on and so forth. EKS, AKS, uh, all the cloud providers, you know, have one, uh, and you have integrators. You, there's this nice intersection of, uh, smaller companies that fill niches within the ecosystem that are also deeply involved um, in, in Kubernetes. You know, I'm thinking people like Weaveworks, uh, yeah. Supergiant, um, you know, and a lot of these companies have been around for a while. I've been doing a lot of Kubernetes. Kinvoke is another one. Um, I shouldn't have started a list now. You know, not, <laughs> now you want to finish it. Yeah, anybody. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you have these kind of different uh, areas of the ecosystem being served by different companies and things like that. So right. a lot of, a lot of that balance, I think, goes from, you know, uh, we, we ship product, uh, but there's the open source thing. Uh, and the analogies we were trying, I try to use the ecosystem of like a forest, you know, we mm-hmm. build furniture. Um, but it's important that, you know, the trees are healthy, that they're being renewed properly. Uh, and in a way, a lot of us are forest rangers, right? Like, sure, I sell furniture, but I also like care about you know your and, supply chain basically yeah exactly everything from like the composition of the soil the chemistry you know all that kind of stuff that you think yeah, about yeah. you know to keep an ecosystem healthy you know software needs the same thing right and that's not just the code itself but that's like support in in other ways um whether that be uh you know doing things at kubecon or um you know any of the myriad kind of things that happen to to make this project kind of continue to move forward yeah um so those i mean like I said, like they're very similar to the first group. It's just, you know, there's like a Venn diagram. So, so what, like how, I mean, yeah. So what, what is that part yeah. of the community? What's, how do they, not how do they fit in? What am what am I trying to ask? Yeah. Like, is there a programmatic way of dealing with them? Like, like, or, or do you, is it just sort of like, you know, we're all humans. We'll figure it out. Coolest thing Kubernetes ever did. <laughs> This is an open secret. Nobody ever figures it out. Uh-huh. And like, this is like, this is like the one thing Sarah Novotny taught me. She was like one of the, the first Kubernetes community manager is Kubernetes explicitly when it was started, when it was open sourced, um, has a set of values, right? And w- one of one is 
community is always bigger than an individual company. So in a way, when we are working in the community, everyone is kind of forced to wear their upstream hat. Now in a lot of projects mm. preceding it, you know, this could, this might have been a problem, may have, might not been a problem. But one of the things that drew me to Kubernetes is that it, the project itself explicitly says, you know, community comes first, then your company. And then that kind of helps limit, I think, a lot of the issues that oh, sure, uh, sure. Might, might affect other things. So we have things like affiliation limits, right? On steering committee, you can't have more than, you know, X amount of people from a certain company. All right. It's okay. not uncommon for, uh, you know, if you have two co-chairs of a SIG, uh, you know, one works at one company A, one works at company B. If the person in company B ends up working at company A, it's not uncommon for that SIG to say, you know what, we need diversity in co-chairs, so let's swap someone out. And yeah. I think our leadership and our contributors are very cognizant of that because they've seen how that benefits um, the community in general. And then in some cases, some people might have experienced when that doesn't work and and have the expertise to be able to say, you know what, this is a really good idea and we should sustain it. So I've, it's it's never been... In my in my experience, there's never really been a um, you know an issue where there's like an upstream thing where you have like two competitors, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. fighting or you know like that just doesn't doesn't really you know in my experience uh, you know I'm yeah no no I, I, I think years, like I, I think that's uh, here, so. I mean I think I think that's what what over the years you learn from or one learns from watching open source communities is it's right as you are going over it's important to have like some some norms if not rules about about the involvement of of the vendor world <laughs> right? right I mean because right. you know I mean as as you're alluding to right like the thing you always want to avoid is is in 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 some previous communities and time like. Whether it's true or not, like once you get the specter of like some moneyed interest, I think we call them special interests in American politics, uh, but some yes. some vendor uh, or, or someone else is right. trying to like push the direction of something like it's whether it's true or not, like it becomes uh, annoying to deal with. So, yeah. that, you know, and the let, leadership of the companies, they need to understand that. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like it would be untenable, right, if you we were to say, hey, we need this feature in Tanzu but we are depending on the community to ship it. Like you would never make that promise like internally to put something in a product, depending on open source. Now what you sure. do is right. Oh, this is important to us. We will invest in that feature or that area, but that is a long-term process. It's not, Hey, we need this by this release, you know, so we're going to give you this engineers. Let's make it happen. You know, people have tried that in the past and other projects and things like that. It can never work that way. Right. Tanzu is very dependent on being installed in multiple clouds, right? So we invest in SIG cluster lifecycle as VMware. That is a long-term investment that isn't, you know, we don't sit there and say, oh boy, if we don't get this feature in kind in the next six months, the entire product is going to fall apart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you have to kind of use it, you know, the tree, the tree has to grow before you, (laughs) before you, uh, Make furniture. <laughs> yeah, before you can make the furniture, right? But you got to think about planning and, you know, all the, the life cycle of the entire thing. So, yeah. yeah, the leadership definitely has to be invested and has to understand that. And we do. Um, and that's how you kind of make, make the whole thing work. So that's, that's, that's kind of how, like, the people who productize this and then ship it kind of. Right, right, right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, so we got, we got the, the vendor part of the community there. We What's, got two. What, what comes your after third this? is your platform builders, which I think 
this is one of those things where I wish I could go back in time and like try to re-explain people what, what Kubernetes is. Um, <laughs> I think every time you've seen someone try to do Kubernetes stuff and then they fail and you look at them and then you ask, you know, there's times where I'm like, what, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> you know, Kubernetes is, and, and Joe Beto, one of the co-founders has said this, you know, Kubernetes is a platform for making platforms. And I think a lot of people approach it in a different way where they, uh, you, you know, the meme where it's like, hey, I have a small problem. Let me use Kubernetes. Right, uh, right, and, right. you know, in, in a lot of cases, wrong tool for the wrong job. So like the way I try to explain it to people is, look, you work in technology, you go, you work for a large company. They have a thing internally, right? Everyone's always trying to build their own Heroku thing internally. And they always have cool names too. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, so you work at a large retailer and then you have this huge system and it was built and it works. You go to another one, they have the same thing. You go to another thing, they have the same thing. All of those things are all snowflakes. You know, if, if I work for retailer A and I want to, you know, work at retailer B, it's a whole different technology stack and, you know, all that kind of stuff. The one thing Kubernetes does well is it makes building systems like that commoditized, right? Right, right. So that you can build your platforms on that and just use the Kubernetes APIs, it's all about APIs. And then I tell people, if Kubernetes is successful at one thing, it's ensuring that whatever platform people are work building at your place will be building common components. And that's a shared talent pool of developers, people who know the technology, lower costs for everybody. So it's kind of a tool set for people who make the tool sets. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I wish I could tell people, look, you read on Hacker News that you just throw Kubernetes at something and all your problems are going away. And now, you know, it's a year later, yeah, you know, yeah. and you're sitting you're sitting there in your pile of fail, you know, wondering what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I I've I've always I mean, I always have found the platform for building platforms framing confusing. And, and, and like, right. And, and also like frustrating. I mean, just to allow myself a miniature rant with someone oh, who, who's, who's actually absolutely. in the Kubernetes world, right? Like, like, I feel like there was this, there, and it, this doesn't really exist so much in the Kubernetes world anymore, but at some point early on, there was this strange, uh, I don't know the phrase for it, but there was this phenomena where it was like developers were really interested in Kubernetes. And so everyone, who's a Kubernetes advocate would talk to them about it and go over it. Yep. But then they yep. would immediately say, this is not for you. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so yeah. it was this weird, like, it's almost like this fuel that I feel, I feel like drove early Kubernetes interest was like fueled by these people that somehow the thing, it was very weird and incongruous. And yeah. at some point the whole notion of like, it's a platform for platforms finally like settled Jumped. out. And, or, yeah. or, or I feel like the official Kubernetes, like, thought line the party line was like yes yeah. that's what it is and we should kind of toe the line and then so when yeah. a developer wants to come and do our stuff we should be like hey man this is maybe not for you right like we really yeah. appreciate your interest but like we're not going to sort of like enable your different view of what this is right. <laughs> yeah I, I tell individual when they ask they're like what should i know about kubernetes and we'll move to the app developer in a second i was like look man for most you know for most people uh, figure out your workflow to spit out a container Right, right. right and exactly. You will be at an organization where a team will take that, and a computer will deploy that thing somewhere. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And, 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 and will... so, so exactly. And so the thing, the thing I've been trying to like wrap my head around over the past, well, whenever this Forever. was, yeah, yeah, yeah. S since the beginning of this year or so, right? I mean, you know, when yeah. as as you know, when uh, when Pivotal and Heptio came into to VMware, now we need to like 
know about each other's stuff more. So I've been trying to figure right. out like how it all fits together. And like, I think maybe from that developer, that application developer standpoint, right? Like what I've been trying to figure out is like, I think what I would tell them is that Kubernetes, as far as you're concerned, is like an architecture. And not so much that it's even an architecture, but it specifies mm-hmm. an architecture that you should use, right? And so like, don't get obsessed like, 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 cause you know, developers, one of the things they're taught is like, do things in the Unix way, right? Which is, you yeah. know, have a, I forget what the official phrasing is, have a bunch of small little things that do a really good job that know when to use a carrot versus a pipe and right. versus a right. double, a double greater than sign or whatever. Right. And so right. just coordinate a bunch of small things that pass stuff onto each other. And yeah. like what that phrase is not saying is understand how to build a Unix system. <laughs> right like and right, instead right. like just use the platform as unix and do this development in this style it's, this way of architecting it's distributed unix right like exactly people were like you know you know the criticism of the Kubernetes, oh it's too complicated you know you're 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 using a huge hammer for a tiny nail but when you look at the things people are trying to do it is complicated for a reason right i would love to tell you you know it's really simple and stuff but then people are like well i need multi-regions i need failover i need self-healing i need yeah 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 we, 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 I need the, you know the network should be transparent and magical i should just yeah yeah, yeah. DNS should just work magically like we we, we had a it, we had a joke <laughs> we used to have a joke like way back in the 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 cloud foundry world where like you know people would say i want to build my own cloud and then we yeah. would talk with them and they would say like this is so complicated yeah. and and you would be like yeah yeah but you wanted to build your own cloud like when, yeah. <laughs> it's not there's no yeah. it's not simple <laughs> yeah. but and and that's that's moving on the app developers yeah. that's what i'm trying to tell them i wanted to save them for last because seriously i want app developers to never care about kubernetes at all right right like right. like um i started to go I, I was very unfamiliar with like pivotal stuff, right? So I have a local spring group here in, in Detroit. So I went to it and I was just, my eyes opened on what app developers, you know, look and stuff. And in my brain, I sat there. So, you know, if these people have to learn Kubernetes, I have failed them. <laughs> <laughs> right, I want, right. you know, do your spring, do your spring. And then all the other stuff, that integration, that's all, that's all on us to figure out for them. Right. Right. Like, right. Um, Obviously, we want them to be designing their applications with those patterns in mind, right? But I feel like these general kind of distributed computing patterns are easier for them to grok that, like, I just see like a, you know, like a Java developer sitting there trying to figure out their deployment.yaml or whatever. Maybe not, right? There's certain things that we can do to make that experience easier for them. Absolutely. isn't, it's just right now because the excitement was there and it was solving problems for a lot of people. And I'm still surprised every day where it's like, Oh yeah, we've been running this in production for like a really long time. And uh, you know, the speed upgrades are still kind of, you know, for some people, some people still can't figure out things, but it's showing a value to them. So I, it still feels like early days. Right. So when people are like, I don't like Kubernetes, uh, you know, this YAML and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, trust me, we hate it too. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's still like kind of early days as far as like gelling all that stuff. The same way that when I got into Linux, you had to build your own kernel if you wanted your USB keyboard to work. Right, right. You know? Yes. And then, you know, I, and I think we'll look back hopefully in a few years and see the progress on the kind of higher level abstractions that we're making. And I think it's up to not just us as Kubernetes, but those platform making people as well, right? If you're building this at work for someone, if you're deploying a Kubernetes style thing, I think everyone's looking for like the cool thing that just lets a developer on their laptop do one command 
close it, right? Yeah, look yeah. At the dashboard, everything's green. I'm going to the pub. See ya. You know. Well, I, I think not- I, <laughs> I think that's a that's a good launching point into our last little topic, and then we'll wrap up. Which yeah. is so. So you're making me think. Like, so is there a SIG group that's like for the application developers, like to figure out like uh, we do have we do have SIG working apps. for them. Yeah, yeah. So we do we have SIG apps. Um, however, this is a huge space if you think about it. There's no one SIG that co- cover this, right? Like, um, like for example, Helm used to be part of SIG apps, right? Mm. Then it got mature and things so much so that it just kind of split out from Kubernetes and now it's its own top level CNCF project. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. just Helm. Yeah, that right? would that would make sense that that would, I mean cuz that is mostly kind of sort of ish for application developers maybe sort of. <laughs> right? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, or, yeah. or things that application developers will consume. I guess is a more Yes. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. But but even beyond that, even beyond developer tools, let's let's mm-hmm. call it that. But like like so I, I remember I had a conversation with one of the, the a long time ago with one of the OpenStack board people, and I was at mm-hmm. maybe Redmonk or four five one at the time. So of course I was talking about developers, mm-hmm. right? And I was basically right. like, so with application developers, like what do you do for them, right? Because like how do they find out what to do beyond get OpenStack up and running? And it seems like you right. know as we were just discussing, right? Like like it is a distributed Unix application or a distributed application. So there's almost like, here's how to architect and write an application that will run well on Kubernetes, never minding actual commands that you use or like, never minding this, but this is just like this, doing things this way runs better. Like that, you know, with my extremely limited technical thing, right? Like the, the, the one when I was kind of going down this path over the past year, like the one thing that I realized is like, at a very minimum, you have to implement – if you're writing code that's going to be running in a container, that's going to be in a node that's in a pod. Did I get that order right? That's going to be in a cluster, whatever, right. right? Like you write some code, and what you're responsible for as the developer is you have to implement – I don't even remember what they're called, but you've got to implement these five hooks or lifecycle events, which is one, boot up. Are you booting up? Are you okay? Uh I'm about to kill you. You're dead. Right. Right. (laughs) And like, like, so these, you have to tell Kubernetes to call these, these methods that you somehow define, whether it's through, you know, rest or memory or, uh, or sticking a file, whatever it is. And like you as the application developer, that must be implemented. Now you can go get a framework like spring to help you like do all that. But eventually you are responsible for telling this infrastructure you're running in, if you can be killed or not. (laughs) Right. And so like, like, like that's that's what I mean as far as like there's this whole like architecture and like series yes. of patterns that the application developer does need to care about beyond like, you know, right. how do I get networking to work? <laughs> right. And then it actually gets worse, right? Because when you first started, you're like, okay, I think I figured out this model, right? And then someone says, how do I do this? 12-factor apps, have a good time, I'll see you later, right? But then, you know, in the real world, it's totally different, right? It's like, sure, well, sure. you know, my... I have an application that if you change its IP address when it gets killed in a pod and comes somewhere else, like it totally isn't set up. For right, right, right. Exactly. Because now you're doing stuff in the real world and it's totally different. Right. And it's like, Hey, I know we said no, no state. All my apps use state, you know? <laughs> and then it's like, well, uh Oh, 
now what do we do? Right. And then it started from like, okay, you know, this is the model it's going to fit. But after a while, as certain patterns started to use and people started to use it in anger, all of a sudden someone was like, you know, stateful sets might be a good idea. Right. When I first started, everyone's like, no, no, never databases, never databases. That's what, what are you doing? You know, yeah, yeah, now, yeah. now you can hang out with like a Josh Burkus and he's like, Hey, check out all these things I can do with databases that I get in Kubernetes. And this actually solves problems for a lot of people. And you're like, you know what? I think you convinced me. Yeah, I get it. So I think there's this like kind of meme where it's like, guess what? Everybody we're rewriting the entire world in micro in go microservices or whatever. It's like, no, <laughs> you know, but I, I think you've seen the project adapt to, to things like that. But I think we're, it's an area that's still very much like the situation is still developing. I could give you so many tools right, right, right. that are in this space that the questions aren't answered yet. And it, this is always my favorite time too, in like an ecosystem and open source project, you have tons of tools. Nobody really knows what the right answer is. People tend to gravitate towards big ones, you know, and then just kind of watching to see how the situation develops is the exciting part right now for everyone except the enterprise who's like watching to see what happens. Right. <laughs> um, so I think, I, I think this kind of like um, accelerated like evolution you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, seeing yeah. which organisms will will thrive in this specific ecosystem is interesting because I if you would have asked me a few years ago, you know, hey, I have a PHP monolith app at work. I was like, man, I don't know how we're going to, you know, what we're going to do about that. Right. I, I ain't got nothing for you. I mean, yeah, what yeah. You, got, you know, like but now you see people just kind of. Oh, there's um, my son. <laughs> yeah. Like now you kind of see people saying, you know what? I took this pattern. I took this pattern from Kubernetes and I'm running a thing that no one, you know, and you kind of look at it and be like, huh, it's really interesting. And then this is, these are always the best talks at KubeCon because it's yeah, always yeah. like, here's what we learned and here's what we broke. And it's always a bunch of things that are unexpected. And that kind of helps just push the state of the art forward when it comes to like data center. Like we make data center operating systems. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, that's what, that's what I, I'm, I'm, I'm like uh, looking forward to over the next year is like how, how the Kubernetes world product manages application developers, to put it in one way, right? In the sense of like, like there's all these sort of like needs that we're discovering and, and nice things that we can do for application developers and the, peop and the enterprises or organizations they're working on behalf of. And yeah. so, uh, so we should do that. Uh-oh, uh. Well, I think that's my signal that it's time to end this live broadcast. Hi. And uh, these these are my kids here, uh, but uh, yeah, thanks for being on. That that was yeah. I feel I feel like I've gotten pretty smart on this. And uh, so if people wanted to, uh, uh, in a very non creepy way, find you on the internet and see what's going on, what Casterjo on Twitter. Um, if you go to kates.dev, k eight s dot dev, uh -huh. you can go in there and you'll see the list of all the things that get started. We have contributor guides. We have documentation. Uh -huh. um, if you find yourself lost, you could just always ping some. Ping me on Twitter. Ping me on something. We can get you started. Uh, like I said, you don't have to be a hacker. You don't have to be a developer. In fact, those those kind of other skills that you have, program management, technical writing, all that stuff, we love it. We we have we have people whose contributions are like, you know what, I I'm really good at like helping managing Slack channels. You know, oh yes, thousand people on our Slack. So right? so basically, so, like, that's a that's a real job. That's a need that the project needs, right? And it's not, you know, it's not. It doesn't make it unimportant. You know what I mean? The machine yeah, yeah. needs to keep going. And if 
one part breaks down, the whole thing slows down. So, so know, everybody's it, important. There is no... There, there, there's nothing to be uh, left on the floor as far as energy that people want to expend to help exactly. out. Exactly. So let's exactly. see. We, we, we've come up with... Uh, we got four parts of the community. How, how, yep. the, how the, the, seg- the, the sort of internally focused people like organize around. How the... Uh, yep. A little bit of how... Um, the Kubernetes community kind of like works beneficially with the the vendor world, and then yep. and then we've got the the kind of as you were kind of saying the the solidification is that how you say it solidification that sounds like one of those words I might make that up sounds right yeah the 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 solidification of the the platform builder operator role which which mm-hmm. I think was almost kind of not as explicit as it, as it could have been in early years but now it's very explicit and it makes a lot of sense. And then we got our mm-hmm. application developers, and uh, and then more importantly, uh, there's all sorts of things to help out with. You just go to uh, kates.dev, and yep. you can uh, start to get involved. And it seems like <clears throat> the best way to figure out <clears throat> contributing and getting involved, and the kind of the core of it is just like, just uh, as they like to say, show up at meetings, yeah. and and uh, people are pretty yeah. interested in uh, getting help from that. Yeah, I, I can't tell you the amount of people who are just like, you know, I started fixing a little bug and then I get, and then I went to a meeting and the next thing you know, you get a KubeCon, you're making friends, you're having a good time. Uh, the community is very inclusive. It's very friendly. We pride ourselves in like, you know, taking the time to, to, to mentor people and to bring them in, you know, and that's something, that's just something that's great. And I, I think that's like Kubernetes has brought software to the world and I think that's good, but kind of, you know, and, and Kubernetes wasn't the first to do this, right. And it won't be the last, but the whole idea of, you know, forming a, a friendly, inclusive community that is trying to solve a problem, you know, in a, in a way that's fun and helpful mm. and uh, fulfilling to the people who contribute, right? Not just, yeah, you know, yeah. hey, you we're know, making a product, yay, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe as one last bonus thing, you know, in, in writing instructions, they're always telling you in your conclusion, you should add an yeah. unexpected delight to someone, which always <laughs> seems like, you know, I've always found the problem in like reading, uh, Re- reading like tips on writing is it's one of those things where like once you tell people the tricks they're no longer delightful but anyways <laughs> like <laughs> i'm stealing that i'm totally stealing anyhow that. uh that you know i hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it but there is a certain like funness to the kubernetes community that has existed in other open source communities but not that many <laughs> and yeah. and it's it's almost like it's yeah. almost like what what is the word that's the the positive version of flippant, like the tone of adventure time, there, right? The yeah, tone there, of, like adventure time is not like cynical, yeah. right? But it's very I mean, like there's, there's people who've been around, you know, yeah. and then we're, and I've known them for years in other open source projects. And, you know, we, I've sat there and had conversation. I just having one with Clint Byram, you know, and him and I go way back, lots of open source projects. And I was like, if we could only go back and tell ourselves how to do it this way, think about how much, <laughs> less gray hair we would have. I would have some like, and, and that's the thing now. It's like, we learned these lessons. People like Clint and I learned these lessons. And now we see these new young people who are starting their careers. Right. And right. Right. Start, right. Like, if I can start them here, you know what I'm saying? If we can save everybody, the famous, you know, getting flamed on a mailing list thing, where are we going to be in five, 10 years from now? Yeah, you know? yeah, and then yeah. like, you know, that ties into the sustainability thing. So I, you know, from a professional, you know, leave a place better than when I found it, you know, in my brain, I'm starting to think out there, you know, when I was young and getting started in this and listening to podcasts and figuring out how I was going to do stuff. Um, 
you know, there's someone out there who's looking for something to do and has the skills or wants to learn the skills and open sources. We've had people who've grown up in the project. There's a, there's a kid. He started in the project when he was like 14. He had to bring his dad to co- the conferences because he wasn't old enough to travel by himself. Right. And then we got to know his, his dad's like part of the project now. Right. Like we, you know, he's 18 now. And, you know, I could tell you so many people that started earlier in their careers and things like that. And for those of us that have kind of been around for a while, it's just, I kind of feel like that gives us purpose, you know, to kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is where we're going to start you off. So you don't have to go through all the things that we did and then, but you can learn the lessons. So like a lot of the stuff Kubernetes is just built on the shoulders of giants. And I think it's awesome that uh, the early founders of the project and the early community people looked at all the things that worked in projects and kind of, kind of wrapped it all together. Um, and now yeah. you see this kind of, I, I, I used to call it the kind of Kubernetes way, but it's kind of the cloud native way, right? You can go to another cloud native project that isn't Kubernetes and related and meet the same kind of people. And they have the same kind of, um, you know, friendliness and openness. And when it, you know, if you're sitting in a group and a new person approaches you, you open, the, you know, and you bring them in, Hey, how are you? Just these kind of little things that aren't even, they're not even, it doesn't even make the web page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, all, all of that. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's, it's like the, the, that community is the most recent big community to try to evolve and improve the idea of how an open source community works. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, great. Well, well, awesome. this is, this is exactly what I was looking for. Now, uh, if this is your, if you've actually watched this far, dear listener, watcher, and you don't know what's happening, this is, this is, uh, as I was explaining earlier, this is a multi-headed uh, Tanzu talk uh, thing. Uh, this mm. may be a podcast. You might be seeing it right now as a live stream, or maybe you're seeing the replay on the recorded YouTube thing. But what you should yeah. do either way is definitely, uh, if you're interested in like seeing more of this type of stuff, if you go to uh, twitch.tv slash VMwareTanzu, we've got all sorts of shows going on. And uh, you can also just subscribe to a podcast if you like Tanzu talk, but you don't get all the shows. And then... Uh, as always, well, we'll see how long this goes on, but like more or less during the weekdays, I'm here in Amsterdam. So I do a daily, uh, sort of thing. Tanzu talk live, if you will, at 11 uh, AM central European time. I don't know if it's daylight savings or not. I lose track of what that even means, but, uh, you know, basically if you're in Europe and not in the Canary Islands or the UK, I think it's 11 AM as I recall. (laughs) (laughs) And, And so, uh, With that, thanks again, and we'll see everyone next time. Thanks for having me. Thank you.